Hello everybody, and welcome to the Technical Area, your weekly football manager podcast brought to you by me, your host, Gaffer Graymo, once again. Might be saying weekly, you might have to listen to you twice in the last two days. You're right. There has been two podcasts this week and two podcasts in two days. So it's safe to say I haven't really played that much FM21 right now. But, nonetheless, I'm finding plenty to talk about as well. And As you do remember, or as you may remember from episode 48 yesterday, me saying that I did miss out on a lot of the festivities on Tuesday as I, you know, wasn't, I was under the weather ahead of what I'd hoped to have had a live podcast. So, now we're taking it to a part two. Now we're building on what we managed to discuss yesterday, which was the first day of a dynasty. What happens after the first day. And now we're looking at the legacy. When you look back from the end, when you look, when you want to remember what it was that was achieved by you and by anyone else out there. But before we begin, as the Houston Texans and Detroit Lions ball out on the television just over the laptop screen here, I do of course have to wish everyone out there who does celebrate, and even if you don't celebrate, a happy Thanksgiving. Whether you're one of the, the niche listeners of this podcast from the US, whether you live in the US, whether you're from the US and live abroad, no matter where you're from, happy Thanksgiving. Don't eat too much, don't drink too much, but, you know, enjoy the festivities, especially in 2020 of all years. Now, back to legacies. In sports, a dynasty is a team or individual that dominates their sport or league for an extended length of time. Some leagues maintain official lists of dynasties, often as part of their Hall of Fame or whatever kind of way they they celebrate these clubs, these teams, these franchises. But in many cases, whether a team or individual has achieved a dynasty is subjective. There's always going to be those who argue one way or the other. But you see, a legacy is that which is handed down from the past. In terms of major sporting events, it is what is left after the event is concluded. Now we're in a, you know, it's probably possibly might say it's a strange topic of conversation. That what is left after the event is concluded. And FM21 is just getting underway. But FM20 has just ended. And what would be your legacy? What is that you have left behind? After the event. And then this time next year. That question needs to be asked again. What would your legacy be. From FM21. What will the paper say. When your time has come to an end. How will the fans remember you. Will a statue be built outside the stadium. Will the stadium. Be dedicated to you. Or will the trough in the men's have your name graffitied there for the France to aim for at halftime? Of course, I know that we all aim for the former. 
But of course, there comes the condition that we all want to be synonymous with the clubs we manage. And possibly the way that we play the game. Yesterday we spoke of the first day, the foundation, the beginning of the project. And today we talk of the end. Accepting that your time will end when you begin can give you some perspective. And have the question asked of yourself from the beginning. What do I want to be remembered for? Cruyff. Michels. Guardiola. Managers whose legacies will say they promoted the beautiful game and its intricacies. Allardyce. Pulis. Would you even say Jack Charlton? Managers who found success with a more direct but nuanced manner. But nonetheless, all of these managers have their fans and critics. Some more so than others. But nonetheless, the feelings they brought to their players and fans is what we all strive for in FM. Generally. So in the first day, it is long in the past. And it's time to reflect at the dynasty you've built. And the legacy you'll leave behind. Where can we find inspiration? Now while some may remember a legacy as a period of time in a club. Others may remember the individual. Who inspired this period of greatness. In its, in its 26 years at Manchester United. Sir Alex Ferguson created a period of total dominance. With 13 league titles in the first 21 years of the Premier League, two European Cups, among countless other trophies, Sir Alex Ferguson is a sign of a legacy, created by one, but that has ended with his departure. Building five great teams, you could say, during his 25-26 years at Manchester United, evolving his styles and tactics with the times and the era, Sir Alex built an empire in Manchester and in the seven years since his departure the empire is yet to return to the pinnacle upon which it had been built and looked down at the world from. Other clubs though the legacy outlasts one manager but instead the legacy finds a way to sustain be sustained through the work of others built on the foundations of the first and long before they were knocked off their perch Liverpool's boot room was the foundation of the club's golden era of the 70s and 80s rescued by Shankly from the old second division in 1959 with his retirement in 1973 Liverpool turned to coach and physio Bob Paisley to continue on Shankly's work having been you know a central figure to Shankly's time at the club Paisley himself was succeeded by Joe Fagan another of the boot room while the coaching staff and the directors remained much the same from the Shankly era right up to the dog leash era and into the Premier League even with Roy Evans the boot room was an era built that built upon the connection between a group of coaches 
highlights again how legacies can be left by the one who built the foundations and those who decorated the house. Quote Bob Paisley. When you're building a legacy, when you look back in time, many consider the individual. Some consider an organisation as well. I think a lot of people might consider an organisation, a team, a club more than anything. So in terms of building a dynasty and leaving a legacy, there is plenty of inspiration. And while the terms dynasty and legacy may be more associated with the sports from America and the terminology used in the media and by those involved in the game as well, you could say, there are some prudent and you know worthwhile, relevant points that we can certainly adopt to football and to football manager. Now, the links to the articles I read will be provided down below. And this first one, talking about the Green Bay Packers and the legacy they built, rebuilt even, comes from the street. So that's where the next... You want to check out the street and read a little more of this? Walk away. The link down below. So, when the Green Bay Packers began an era after their legendary coach Vince Lombardi retired, they suffered much mediocrity in the in the years between the first era and the second era. And the, they took time out. They interviewed, they talked, they researched and the new rebuilt Green Bay Packers had it was done it was all done with a simple methodology in mind identify critical success factors of sports dynasties, then build a plan to close performance gaps on each through the research, the Packers discovered that dynasties Execute a distinctive system for winning. Exhibit strong, consistent leadership. And create a positive working environment. Three things we can easily do in Football Manager. Although may, it may not be directly in the way we'd think. The way it may not be done in real life. We have to, we have to go through the mechanisms of the game. It can still be done. So how would we execute a distinctive system for winning? Well, successful teams, successful franchises, they have a clearly developed strategy, an operating system for winning. When the Packers were under research, they found that at the time, the San Francisco 49ers were at their peak. And they'd shaken up the NFL with the West Coast offense. And they aligned all their organisational capabilities. So that's the on-field structure, the management systems, training, the recruiting, the selection of players, the culture around the club, around, all built on this new strategy. Head coach Bill Walsh said, if Jerry Rice goes down, Jerry Rice, the key running back, running running the football was a key proponent of this West Coast offense. So Jerry Rice is a wide receiver, what am I saying? Sorry, but an iconic name in the sport. That if Jerry goes down, we need a Rice type of receiver 
to make our system work. So what you're saying is it's finding players that fit a certain mold can make a success of what happens on the field. And even other head coaches became renowned for their different approaches. Don Shula, another famous NFL coach, was obsessed with attention to detail in order to create a winning system based on precise execution. What you may consider to be something like a a Rafa Benitez almost. The attention to minute levels of detail. Exhibiting a strong and consistent leadership is vital. We are leaders. We are managers. We are in control here. Our characters may not be if you're going for you know, delegation and the likes, but still. We can exhibit strong leadership. We can be consistent leaders in football manager. Because leadership continuity is essential for building a distinctive system for winning. Now, Bill Walsh, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, famously said that he views his team in eight positions. At the end of the fourth season, he will be the best in class in two of the eight. At the end of the second season, he will be the best in four of the eight. And after four years, he will have a dynasty because his team will be the best in all eight areas. So think of football manager. Think of the areas of the game. Attacking, transitions, in defence, in goal. If you want to even be talking about the out of possession side of things as well. At the end of your current season, how can you lead the league in one area? In two areas? Maybe then on all the areas you can identify set pieces if you want to dis- classify that as a distinct and separate area. How can you lead the league in all eight areas? How can you build this complete team? And this model is adopted all the way from the top. There's a commitment from the club, directors, and you to create this successful kind of mentality right throughout the club. Creating a positive work environment will also be key. Head coaches of top teams build working environments of teamwork and respect. So in your interactions with your players, emphasising those points is obviously vital. The greatest fans of these coaches are the players themselves. So check it out. Go in and have a look at your players. See your favourite personnel after a couple of years and see who is And if you've made it as their favourite personnel. That can help you understand and make sure you build up. You know a relationship with these players that know that they will work hard for you and they can relate to you. Teams maintain an environment where hard work and continuous learning are valued. So players are unhappy with training. See how they're unhappy with training. What's changed and what you can do to make it better. If you can make it better. And if it's not just a player kicking up a fuss for no reason. Players, you see, reach peak performance. Once they become so familiar with their assignments. With their expectations. With their instructions. That they operate on autopilot. 
without the distractions of what do I do when? And the training round can be key for that. Training your team to play well in the different areas. Training, ensuring your players train in the positions and the roles you want them to. And even giving them the traits to execute even more successfully in this way. Now, of course, that's just one way. That's what the Green Bay Packers sound. Others outside, those looking in, the academics, the journalists, the fans, we'll all have different points. Another website I checked it was drstankovic.com. Again, link down below if you want to have a read of this. What are five key steps to building a sports dynasty? Clear leadership vision and expectations comes in again. Having a realistic vision for what you want to accomplish. Expectations of what you want from yourself and from the players. Do you have specific goals that you want to accomplish on a regular basis, with short and long term, as we spoke about yesterday? Fairness and consistency as well. While it's easy to play favourites with star players, the best advice is to steer clear of favouritism. The key is to get to know your players, apply the same rules and consequences, and if your star player is not training well, dropping them. If they're not playing well, dropping them. Just like you would anybody else. Give them the kick up the bum, as they'd often say. Set the goals with your, for your team. I don't but understand where to come from, thanks to your assistants, your coaches. And see, you know, like in those team meetings, what are the realistic expectations for you for this season? And for you and this team in the long term? Great coaches then reinforce values, efforts and success. They praise them. Swift, hearty, emphatic praise. Keeps them focused, keeps them motivated. Even in team talks after matches or half-time, saying it to them, you're playing great, well done, you had a great game, you made a difference. And likewise, don't be afraid to give them that bit of criticism as well. Let them know you expect more. Now, alumni involvement, that's up to you. But if you can make a connection with the team of today and the teams of the past, then suddenly there could be a connection there. Hiring past players, I know a lot of people in FM love to do that. Hiring retired players to come in. I did it at Bayern at Juventus. Clivert and Bergkamp. I used to do it back, way back when, and the early football manager, 2005, six, day, seven days, when I'd hire, or rest them, Ray Clements as the Liverpool goalkeeping coach, and I'd hire any former Liverpool player as a coach, just because they coached, they played for Liverpool. But what is... What is point of not having these players come through even having them as youth coaches bringing them through being a prime example for those players you have at the club now to help create the values that you want there too of course there's plenty of examples you can look to plenty of places for inspiration in the world of football in the european sense and even in a south american sense and across the world 
There's plenty of examples of dynasties and please report of two articles. I'm going to focus on the 10 greatest ones of all time, but there also is a link to the 35 ones down below. You might be able to find out just exactly what they did and research them more, find some inspiration there. Egypt in 2006-10 won three African Cup of Nations. They had a gifted squad, not exceptional footballers. But the manager, Hassan Shahata, he established a key core and built the team around them. That's something we can all do in football manager. But build a core of players that get the spine right and then go from there. Very, very simply. Build around the edges afterwards. Let fringe players, young players, fill in kind of some gaps there. Milan, from 1987 to 1995, had an era of dominance under Arrigo Sacchi and Fabio Capello. Both managers won Capello succeeding. Sacchi and taking exactly on and building on the work there. While Saki's philosophy won football over, creating an, you know, a team that became even more respected thanks to the silverware they won. And even Capello's sides then continued with a relentlessness and Saki's side demolishing sides across Europe. Brazil the golden era of 1958-73 where they won their first World Cup. Pele arrived on the scene. They became a dynasty of success built upon a golden era, a golden generation of young players coming through. Spain in 2008-12, a great example of the relationship between club and country which many people are doing in Football Manager this year. Pep Guardiola's side bursting onto the club scene Gave Spain a platform to build upon. So with these highly gifted players. Playing for the national team. Based on the style and personnel and philosophy. And the successes of Barcelona. And adding in the quality of the players at Real Madrid. With our Spanish clubs. And Spaniards are from across Europe's elite. It's no wonder that Spain won three consecutive competitions. At international level. Barcelona, the eras of Cruyff and Guardiola, with Van Hal thrown into the mix, and even the influences of Marcelo Bielsa can't be ignored. Cruyff brought total football to Barcelona. He redefined the philosophy of the club, right down to the academy, when young Pep Guardiola emerged into a Cruyff team. With Guardiola's playing career, greatly influenced by Cruyff and then Van Hal afterwards, and then his exposure to Marcelo Bielsa as well. Bringing the elements of these legendary coaches together. Barcelona of the late 90s and early teens. They were world football's most exhilarating. Breathtaking club to watch. Passing to death almost. And even after the departure of Guardiola. Success. And the philosophy instilled by his team. Have remained at the club for years after. Now while it seems that you know things are stagnating. And it seems like Javi is waiting in the wings to come back to the club. And potentially 
you know, move back towards the, the style and philosophy which we would expect him to possibly do. Comparing him to Guardiola is a little early. But it'll be interesting to see if the philosophy can continue into a fourth, fifth, sixth manager there at the club. Because the total football of Ajax, that is almost a true legacy of modern football. And while Renus Michels may not be mentioned by name, his philosophy has changed the European game. And of course, by changing the European game, the influences, of course, can be seen in other nations, domestically and internationally across the world. Because he's regarded as the godfather of this era of football we're in. His legacy has evolved and permeated so much. When he began his management career at Ajax, he saved him from relegation and immediately set about imposing an identity at the club and not only revolutionised Ajax, he also revolutionised the way the game was played and perceived by others. Although a lot of influences may come from the coffee shop football of Central Europe, of Hungary and Austria and Czechoslovakia, what Ajax's football, total football did, was bring about a long period of success for the club. Six titles in eight years, three consecutive European Cups, four Dutch Cups all under Michels. Now, just like Barcelona did for Spain, Ajax did for the Dutch national team. But while no honours followed at the national team, total football did. Consecutive defeats and World Cup finals in 74 and 78 did nothing to stop this side becoming iconic while mostly in part due to the football they played. And Miguel Delaney eloquently put it so well, like really eloquent, perfect description of this Dutch team, of total football, that the Holland team in the 74 final, their play was so complete, so perfect in its totality, that it was reminiscent of the Ajax hat-trick of European Cup victories. So whether or not you're going to take on an approach that's tactically built or an approach that's trophy driven that's up to you I know from polling the community that 80% of voters did say trophies and achievements that's how you define a manager's legacy only 20% said the tactics and philosophy they leave behind is theirs Black CFM had another great example. He said he heard one manager, but forgets who, argued that Jock Steen was the greatest because his legacy defined his legacy is defined as the successes of the managers who emerged from working underneath him. The coaching trees. We hear about the coaching trees we mentioned so often. Brian Clough, another. You could say the coaching tree has emerged from. Now obviously with us, you might be a manager yourself listening to this. And trying to apply what you've learned. You might be a footballer of. You know. A very high level. I don't know. But we all have inspirations. We can all say we can emerge from. The coaching tree. We can all take a leaf from someone's book. When it comes to FM. But when you look back. At FM 21. When you load up FM 22 for the first time. Please God. What will you remember. About this game. Will it be the trophies? Or will it be the way you played the game?
You see, football has a long memory. Believe it or not. And while the name engraved on the trophy may never fade, and the trophy might rust, the way a manager said about it with his team and the fans made the way made the fans the way he made the fans feel. These real emotions can never be truly forgotten. When you look to leave behind a legacy in football manager and an FM twenty one, ask yourself the question. Will this year be defined by the trophy cabinet I fill? Or will this year be def- be remembered for the way I made my teams play? And before you head off to decide how you want your legacy in football manager 21 to be defined, if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, rate, review, share with your socials. Any kind of support like that is greatly appreciated. The weirder community interactions do form a vital part of the podcast. So if you took the time to vote, thank you very much. Thank you to Black CFM for adding in the extra little comment there. It's greatly appreciated. So yes, next week we'll hit episode 50. The support you give again will be greatly appreciated once more. As we go into, you know, the second half of the century. Other than that, the podcast music, of course, comes from Pond5. Great place for stock music, images, footage, pick, you know, everything. All that stock stuff is there. So go ahead, check them out. Well, definitely worth your while. So, you know, if you think you can better me or you're looking to add a new element to your uh, your content you create, whether it's videos, podcasts, or streams, or blogs, even that's a good place. I'd always recommend to look. It's not an ad; just credit where credit is due for music, because I'd enjoy the music at the start of this podcast. But otherwise, look, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. As we head to episode fifty, thanks for the last forty-nine episodes. I look forward to spending the next fifty with you as well. As we move on, as we celebrate the, the half century next week, stay safe. Enjoy FM 21 on its first weekend. I'll talk to you next week. Bye now. <laughs>